One Date Penn was an only child. On their first date, when Rosie said, So, do you have brothers or sisters? And Penn said, Nope, only child. Rosie had replied, Oh, I'm so sorry, as if he'd said he had only three months to live or had been raised above an artisan deli by vegans. Oh, thanks. It's okay, he'd said, and realized only a few beats later that that response was entirely wrong. He was having trouble concentrating. He was having trouble doing anything because blood was coursing through him twice as fast and hard as usual, owing to the fact that he could not slow his heart, which had been in a state since several hours before he'd driven over to pick her up. Before he'd done so, he couldn't imagine why. Rosie was a friend of a friend of a friend, an arrangement someone he'd not even known had hit upon at a party one night, drunk and silly. He was in grad school at the time, getting an MFA and waking each morning to wonder why he was getting an MFA. A woman from his medieval lit class, what this class had to do with writing a novel he could not even begin to guess, had dragged before him a woman he did not recognize, who had looked him over appraisingly for a bit before finally asking, So, want to date a doctor? I'm sorry. I know a single doctor who's into poets. I'm not a poet. You know what I mean. I don't. She's real cute. I think you might really hit it off. You don't know my name. She's not into names. That wasn't my point. Still. How could he argue with that logic? Still. There was nothing to say in response to still. He shrugged. He had a policy at the time never to say no to new and potentially peculiar experiences in case he needed things to write about later. Dating a doctor who liked poets because someone he'd never met before thought they'd hit it off seemed like it fell into this category. And that's all it was. Writing fodder. Writing fodder, and a change of pace, and a new life philosophy that was not to say no. He wasn't dreading it, but he wasn't looking forward to it either. He felt entirely neutral toward the date, like a quick trip to the grocery store for milk. But then, about an hour before he was going to take a shower and get dressed, sitting in his studio apartment on his sofa reading Dante's Inferno, his heart started racing. He felt his cheeks flush, and he felt his lips go dry and his palms go wet, and he felt this absurd need to try on a few shirts to see which one looked best, and he felt, all of a sudden, nervous. And for the life of him, he could not imagine why. He thought it might be the flu. He actually thought about calling her to cancel in case he was contagious, but the woman worked at a hospital, so probably had a germ avoidance strategy of some sort. He pulled up in front of her apartment and sat in his car, trying to slow his breathing, waiting for his knees to stop shaking. But when it became clear that wasn't going to happen, he gave up and rang her bell. When she opened the door and he saw her, Penn said, Oh. It wasn't that Rosie was so beautiful, though she was. That is, he thought she was. That is, he felt she was. He had to rely on this vague sense of what she looked like because he couldn't see her. It was as if she were backlit, bright sun behind her preventing his eyes from adjusting so he could see her properly. Or it was as if he were fainting, the black bits at the sides folding his vision into smaller and smaller origami boxes. But it was none of those things. It was like when your car spins out on an icy road, and your senses turn up so high that time seems to slow because you notice everything, and you just sit in your spinning car waiting, waiting to see if you're going to die. He couldn't look at her because every sense and every fraction of a moment and every atom of his body was being in love with her. It was weird. Penn was getting an MFA, 
Yes, but he was a fiction writer, not a poet, and he did not believe in love at first sight. He had also congratulated himself in the past for loving women for their minds and not their bodies. This woman had not yet spoken a word to him, though he assumed, since she was a doctor, that she was probably pretty smart, and he couldn't get himself to concentrate on what she looked like. But he seemed to love her anyway. She was wearing, already, a hat, a scarf, and a four-inch thick down parka that came all the way down to her boots. There was no way to fall in love with a woman just for her body in Wisconsin in January. He reminded himself, though, still standing dumb in her doorway, that it wasn't love at first sight. It seemed to have happened quite a bit before that. He seemed to have fallen in love about an hour and a half earlier on his sofa in the middle of Canto Five, before ever laying eyes on Rosie. How his body had known this, foreknown this, he never did figure out. But it was right. It was quite right.